Well, Dweeb, sure, it's a nice ring, but I think that's why they lock cemeteries at night. <laughs> I get it open. No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Jerry, Justin, and Al. I'm a fugitive, and I'm too far. Yeah, we party here in the Nudie Bar, guys. It's the Married with Children podcast. We are discussing Married with Children, uh, Season 1, Episode 7, which is called Married Without Children. And I'm here with the guy who just wants to watch your kids, Jerry. What's up, Jerry? I, man, I'm just trying to get free entertainment. Let me watch your kids. I'll put them in the backyard, give them rakes, let them fight each other. And uh, we are also here with the guy who just wants to go pearl diving, Justin. What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? Pearl diving. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's Married Without Children. That's the name of this episode. Steve and Marcy decide that once is enough after they volunteer to watch Kelly, Bud, and the family dog, Buck. After Al and Peg go away for the weekend to a seedy motel in Wisconsin, where Al wants to watch a boxing match on the cable TV. So that's the gist of it, guys. Uh, this episode is a landmark episode. Do you know why? Why? Um, what do we see for the first time? Um, in the inside of Stephen Marcy's house. Yep. Yeah. Uh, are they living better than the Bundys or what? Their house looks like Marcy dresses like my grandmother, but the inside of her house looks like my great grandmother's house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you had a choice, would you rather live in the Bundy's house or the Rhodes house? I'm taking the Bundy's. Like, there's way more stuff. Like, even though, like, they don't have as much Monday, uh, Monday, have <laughs> as much money as Stephen Darcy. Stephen Darcy's house is bland what? and boring. Stephen Darcy. Steven, I look before I came on this episode, I forgot how to talk. Were you how long were you partying in here in the nudie bar before we got on? Uh, what time is it? It's 10:45. Shit. It's what it's a uh, Thursday, right? We're live every Friday. We're at the nudie uh, bar. Oddly enough, the show gets dropped earlier on a Friday. It's like a time warp thing. I, I actually, yeah, it's it's weird how it works. Yeah, uh, I would rather stay in Al Bundy's house because it just looks way more comfortable and relaxed. And if it does I... look comfortable, I'll give you that. It, it does. Yeah, it's very cozy. I my house is much nicer than that house, and I'd still take that house over my house, just because it would be like a dream, like a fantasy of mine. Just walk around. I would just walk around that house all day. I'm like, wow. So this is where blah, blah, blah. So this is where this is. And I would just do that all day long. I'd be like wandering around. I'd even recreate scenes from that show uh, in certain areas of the house. By yeah, the bedroom scenes? Yeah, I was going to say, none of the bedroom scenes. <laughs> Unless Al's getting the points. <laughs> My daddy went to I'm sorry. You have no idea what it's like having music blaring all day long. Yes, we do. That's why we came over. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just that the kids were home sick from school today. Oh, nothing serious, I hope. Oh, no. Just one of those bugs that goes around. You know, where they're sick for two hours, then they make you sick for the rest of your life. So, uh, in this one... Right away, there's something to talk about, and it's the music of this show. Now, I'm not going to take credit because I'm an idiot, and I I did not realize that they completely tricked me. So this show went out to trick us, and they did trick me, but not Jerry. He realized 
that the song they were playing, I thought it was a completely legit song. You know, uh, you gotta fight for your right to party, you know. You don't think anything of it. It just sounds like typical, you know, 80s uh, rocker kid background music. But, Jerry, what does the song actually say? So, the song actually says, I'm a fugitive and I only live to party. I think one of the reasons you were thrown off, because another landmark thing happened at the beginning of this episode. We see Peggy actually cleaning, and that probably just, you were probably so stuck on that, you didn't realize the song was fake. That's how they faked you out. Well, we saw her uh, vacuum up her wrappers and cigarettes one time. Uh, that's her That's her covering up her tracks. I don't count that as her that's not cleaning. Clean. Yeah. Now, Justin, am I the only idiot out of us three? Did you realize that that song was not legitimate or did it not even occur to you? Well, if, I, at first I was like, this sounds like it's supposed to be like License to Ill, uh, Fight for Your Right from the Beastie Boys. You know, everybody knows that song. It actually... You gotta fight! I believe that song actually came out in 86, so just like one year before uh, this episode aired. Um, But yeah, I I mean, I I think that I I didn't know that it was a fake song. I thought it it was a real song, but I... But just not that song. Yeah, I, I just knew that it wasn't the Beastie Boys song. But at first it sounded like it was, or like it, like it tricked my brain for a second there. <laughs> well, it tricked mine for 20 years, apparently. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Steve and Marcy come over. Coffee? No. Peg offers them coffee and they immediately refuse, which is a callback to the first episode. But it's funny because... Peg made her and Marcy's coffee good. She said, oh, no, ours will be good. And only (laughs) Al gets the crap, and Steve gets the crap coffee. Steve should have said it would have been a better writing callback if Steve said no and Marcy said yes. It would have been. It would have been. That would have been cool. That really would have been. I didn't even realize that was a callback, so I I missed that one. Oh, well, there you go. Now we're even. (laughs) See, now we get our own points. Yeah. Yeah. Read much. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Classic. And the best, classic. <laughs> and the best part is, is that doesn't become a fight. It doesn't become anything. Peggy doesn't care. Yeah. Has that ever happened to you guys though, where you're talking real loud and then the music just stops and it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so awkward. <laughs> oh hi, honey. Look, Steve and Marcy are here. Yeah, I know. I've been circling the block waiting for them to leave. <laughs> I finally ran out of gas. <laughs> man, he's so just quick-witted with stuff like that, man. I love those little zingers. Yeah. Now, if that was reality, though, uh, he would have... He said he ran out of gas. That's why he came in. That means he would have ran out of gas in four minutes because from the time they got in there till he must, you know, he must have seen him walk in or whatever. Yeah. In four minutes, he, he ran out of gas. So that was like, what, two circles? Yeah, which he probably wouldn't have made it to the gas station in the morning anyway. Uh, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> it wouldn't have made a difference anyway. Well, they've agreed to take the kids for the weekend. Great. Yeah. So you and me can go away by ourselves. You mean we have to leave? Gee, it sounded good for a second. Come on, Al, we never get to go anywhere. Honey, if I wanted to go away, even with you, it wouldn't be this weekend. The fight's on Saturday. Aw, Al, you always watch sports. Well, not this weekend. We're going away. I'm watching the fight. You're not watching the fight. I'm watching the fight. You're not watching the fight, Al. Oh, really, dear? not being carried on network tv it's only on cable and we don't have cable tv well that settles it come on marcy let's get the phone book and pick a nice cheap little love nest so you know justin one of the things that you 
liked the most about this show was how far they pushed things for a show that just started, and you couldn't believe some of the references. Now, Steve Sang, talking about the Come and Go Motel, and he says, The fight is being carried on SpectraVision, and I know who's got it. This little place right across the state line in Wisconsin, the Come and Go Motel. How would you know about a place like that? I've come and gone a few times. Yeah, I was like, whoa. Like, how are they allowed to say this? Yeah, I, I know. I was. I, I really did think that that was like, wow, that's like a direct reference. Right. <laughs> Jerry, do you think in 1987, if somebody asked you, if they, if they had like... Um, if they had a bunch of years, like four options for years, like 87, 94, 2001, and they said this line, would you ever think it could be 1987 and it was on regular TV? No, at best, that is late 90s. And even then, not uh, not while the sun was up. Yeah, that's like Beavis and Butthead. You know what I mean? Like MTV right. <laughs> stuff. Yeah, that's not Fox. Not Not at that time. And like... It, but it is funny to me, like on the on Steve saying that, how once again Al just pulls the man out of Steve and reminds us that Steve used to be a man before he got married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is some of my favorite parts of the show so far. Is is those moments? For some reason, I really I, I don't like Steve as like my favorite character, but I like man Steve a lot. Right, he's like Jekyll and Hyde, and you like the Hyde. <laughs> <laughs> So now, you know, we talk about how edgy the show is already at this point, and it just, it doesn't stop. I mean, do I watch the fight first, then give her a jump? (laughs) No, No, that's no good, because with that on my mind, I'll be all anxious and tense. I won't enjoy the fight. No. (laughs) Best thing to do will be to bet her down first. That way, I'll enjoy the rest of the day. (laughs) I obviously love all this stuff, but I just can't believe what gets past the censors, considering... We live in a world now where everyone is completely offended by everything. So yeah. how how could letters not be pouring in at this point about the content that's on this show? It, it amazes me. Yeah, especially back then when TV and like, you know, the influence that it had on our children and, and things like that was such a big deal with, I mean, everybody knows with the, the silent night, deadly night thing, the parents like protesting Siskel and Eber, right? Like this seems like this would be total fodder for those people. Dude, it was 1987. They protested the garbage pail kids movie. Yeah. <laughs> if you protest that, how are you not protesting this show? So that is amazing. And it's funny because one woman actually did make a big stink about this show uh i think either at the end of season one or in season two and what she ended up doing was causing such a stir and she was getting interviewed all the time on the news and everything and all it did was let everyone know there's this crazy outrageous show called married with children and the ratings soared yeah that makes sense yeah you know i think with a show like married with children it is funny because even though it doesn't have a lot of violence, it has a lot of jokes about suicide. Even though it doesn't show like a lot of skin, it talks a lot about sex, not just with Al and his wife, but it, I mean, look at all the comments for Kelly. Like, oh, yeah. and she's 15, <laughs> and there's a, a direct line in one of those episodes we've already done talking about her virginity. Like, it actually does amaze me. And, it, and I wonder if it's you can get away with a lot more saying things in a sly comedy routine than you can showing any of it. Or was this just like what Apple does, where Apple, anytime they do something, they don't care. If everyone hates it, they stick to their con- their guns and they go with it. And I wonder if Fox just did the same thing with Mary with Children. They were just like, do it. We're going to stand behind you and we're not, you know, just go ahead. No matter what anyone says, we're just going to keep going. I think the two creators, Michael Moye and Ron Levitson, I'm probably saying their names wrong, forgive me. I believe they, one of the stipulations is they get 100% creative control. Fox was never allowed to tell them to tone it down. That was one of the stipulations in doing the show. Supposedly they were the, the, Fox was lucky to get them. Usually you think that someone's lucky to get a job. 
but somehow whatever it was maybe they just read all the scripts for season one and realized it was gold and they were like okay yeah guys please do it on our do it on our network and like i said on the first episode uh this show saved the fox network so it makes perfect sense to me that uh i guess he has that much power already those two writers so eventually steve and marcy or i guess i should say marcy convinces you know peg and it wasn't hard to convince al to let them watch the kids and you know steve told al about the motel where he's been with a bunch of other girls and stuff and uh he could go there because al thought he was going to watch the boxing match at his house but he doesn't even have cable and and oddly enough neither does steve and marcy which was weird because they seem like the kind of people who have everything like the nice cars the mercedes cable cable mercedes cable yeah and cable and mercedes and food they don't have cable yet because there's not a women's network yet ah it's coming well well, what we found out in the next episode is one of the reasons is steve's job so we'll get into that and the next episode it, it, it baffled me when i heard what he does for a living uh, seeing as they're so sort of uppity. We have to talk about Al completely selling out Steve and Steve completely saving himself. I've come and gone a few times. <laughs> With Marcy? Well, actually, before Marcy. You dug you. I don't say anything to Marcy. I wouldn't want her to find out about some of the wild oats I sowed. So this is just between us, okay? Sure. Hey, Peg! Steve just recommended this little place, the Come and Go Motel. He says it's a real passion pit. I don't remember us going there, Steve. Marcy, I can't believe you forgot that night. I don't know where my mind is. I'm sorry, Steve. I should hope so. But I forgive you. To me, it was interesting because it wasn't so much that, you know, we've seen Steve get in these moments when he's with Al, but that was just a straight cold lie, you know, and and it wasn't even it wasn't even really provoked. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like he was hanging around Al all day and, you know, Al just sold him out and he, he just, you know, resorted to straight lying. I thought that was interesting for his character a little bit. Uh, it, dude, you gotta cover your ass, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you mess up like that, you gotta flip it over and make like a turf fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel was like Al was really proud of Steve at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, and thanks for selling me out. No problem. Like, uh, like, okay, Al, we all love joking around. You know, Steve put up with your joke about how he's not your kind of guy. You don't really want to hang around him. But you cannot do that. Like, that... There's man code, and I'm surprised that of all people, honestly, that Al does not kind of... Follow that code? Yeah. How, how does he not follow that code? It seems like... He doesn't see Steve as a man. I guess that. I guess that's true, because <laughs> like, I was wondering that as well. Is it? Th- did he do that for his own personal just laughs and enjoyment, to see him yeah. squirm a little bit? <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't see Steve as a man. Just like, like I mean, t- turn around, the next thing he does... It starts talking at Steve, not to Steve, but talking at Steve to talk about how his planning of how I've got to bed my wife so that I can hurry up and get on this Spectre vision and watch this boxing match. Do I do it before the fight? Do I do it after the fight? No, that won't work. Like, he's not talking to Steve. He's talking to himself at Steve. Right. Yeah, I guess at this point, Al still does not, even with their whole bonding over the car and and shooting his dog like he still does not really he hasn't fully connected with him yet and that's good it's still early keep your distance and steve has not really portrayed any manly uh you know anything that al would respect at this point so yeah i guess there is no reason to uh have any guy code with him did we talk about why uh marcy wants to watch the kids Uh, no why does she i forgot uh, just for practice for when they eventually want to have children. She also thinks that they would be a good influence on the kids. Mm. Oh, that yeah. was the other thing. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, they're going to go back home completely different. It'll be and I like how Steve from the get-go is like, no. Well, if you really want to get out of town, we wouldn't mind taking the kids for a weekend. 
Would we, Steve? Uh, well, I... Uh, the ones upstairs? Well, it would be fun. It would be good practice for when we have children. You wouldn't mind? Of course not. Like, you... You can... From the get-go, he is completely against this idea, but he's not a man enough to stand up to his wife and yeah. say no. And this actually... Throughout this entire episode, that happens constantly. <laughs> well, the end the end plan that these two idiots have, I hope one of you remember who came up with it and the other one, and one of you remember who went along with it, because that's important. I yep. actually forgot. You did, do you want to remember? Yeah. Okay, good. Because uh, then we have something to discuss there. The kids are, you know, heading over there, and Steve is reading a book called... Uh, kids, you're bigger than they are. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. Like, why do you have this book just laying around? Yeah, he ha- he's, he's already reading on how to reaffirm the idea that he's the adult and they're, uh, and they're the kids. Like, he has to do that at, at 29 years old. Or 33, whatever he is. Yeah, they already mentioned earlier in the episode that they should let... Uh, Peg and Al borrow some of their child uh, rendering books. So it's not a surprise that he has it, but it is a surprise to me that he has one for older children. You would think he would only have one for, like, babies right now? infants, right. He's reading that now. Is he going to even remember what it says 14 years from now? Yeah, these are the kind of people that (laughs) not only buy how to raise your teenager books before you even agree to have kids... But not only that, they have it memorized so that they can quote it while they're playing Trivial Pursuit in 10 years. Oh, my God. Yeah, so maybe they will remember. The best, the you know, Marcy never is at a, a loss for being corny. She'll always find a way. She'll always have something that's corny about her. And the worst had to be... Now, Bud, Kelly, don't think of us as babysitters. Think of us as best friends. Steve, would you like to tell our best friends what we have for them? Not really, Marcy. (laughs) What? No. Oh, man. She's hard to take. Oh, my God. And I love how Steve is not having it. He's he's just saying, no, this is corny, this is stupid, this is not going to work. He's being realistic, so he's not too far gone. That's a positive. Bud goes up. I guess they just let him run through the house. And one of the greatest things ever, and something that we definitely should talk about, or maybe, now I'm thinking about it, maybe it's not so crazy. He comes downstairs, and he has Mrs. Rhodes' bra. And that must be, she, I don't, she must be mortified at that point. And the one line he says is, look, Kel, it's bigger than yours. Now, how could a chicken's bra be bigger than Kelly's? I mean, but then, now that I'm thinking, the reason I said I was thinking about it, she was only 15, I guess, right? And I guess, uh, not that I like to think too far into 15-year-old girls, but uh, maybe she wasn't <laughs> developed. Okay, well... Well, there uh, was that stuff in the brawl. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, this is a callback uh, joke. Yeah. Right, because she stuffs her bra. So I guess Kelly is not developed at... Because we all see her, unfortunately. I know it's sad since we're still talking about her at 15, but... We all see her as a sex symbol, basically, and we were all, except for Justin, we were young <laughs> when we saw because you didn't watch anything. We were all young when we saw this, so we were able to look at Kelly like that, no matter what, you know. Yeah, and I even I even did know of her, even though I wasn't like into this show. Like she, I think in pop culture she was known, so I did know who she was. I did know she was a good-looking girl, and she was, you know, a, a sex symbol even at you know in the nineties. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, and I have to use that to justify it to myself because, like, one night while Reese and I are watching Married with Children, I make a comment about how hot Kelly is, and she just looks at me and she's like, Jerry, she's only 15. And I'm like, yeah, but I was younger than 15 when I (laughs) was, like, was into her. So, like, just, like, I'm older now, yeah, but she's older now also. So th- if I'm looking at her now older when she's 15, I'm still looking at her as when I was, like, 12. Like, so it's 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 not creepy to me because it's not like I'm going to go and hit her up on Facebook because she's, she's not she's that older age anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, 
I know what you mean, though. I, that's Winnie Cooper for me when, you know, the Wonder Years, because I, I, that was probably what my first crush, you know what I mean? Well, it's an odd thing, because when you have a crush on girls like this, time freezes because they're on film, it's on television, and it was captured in 1987. So that is frozen, but what doesn't freeze is us. So we keep going, we're older, but what age do you say, well, uh, that's not, I'm totally not interested, she's not good looking, no, I'm too old to say that, you know, (laughs) like, that's not, it's not the same, like, we wouldn't go up, go to a a high school and, and see a 14 or 15 year old girl and say, man, that chick's hot, man, look at that skirt she got on, you know, (laughs) like, you can't say that, but if you said it as it happened, then, then, you just have to, I guess, remove yourself from it or something. Like, you have to stop saying it eventually. Have you, like, yeah. it reminds me of when, like, guys would be like, man, if I was younger, if I was a teenager again, I'd be all over that. And it makes me go, like, as guys, like, we never stop, uh, like, thinking that, but we're, we we know that, you know, they're young, they're, they're not, even though that 15-year-old is already probably, like, in, like, banging people like we're we're are not we are not because i know what i was we're doing we're not candidates though yeah we like we don't do that we don't get that so like but this is a weird uncomfortable topic to talk about because if you're not careful about what you say yeah you're, you're a like creep. A pedophile <laughs> i think we already look like that for the last six minutes of what we're yeah doing. we're just trying to justify the yeah, and, and now we're like yeah, we're <laughs> scrambling to get out of this yeah. so uh th- they're not allowed to have parties right like that was <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. one of the rules no yeah, parties. parties yeah no parties uh, that, was the, that was the main rule yeah no parties bud's uh destroying this house little by little fox hunt with miss uh, with uh marcy's engagement present which is a fur that steve Border. Now, now this brings up a topic that we could definitely talk about. Steve is livid, and justifiably so. Um, I, I forgot when I got my wife for anniversary, so I can't even reference it. But I mean, for our engagement, I, I don't remember buying anything but the ring, honestly. So, well, I, yeah, I was gonna say, I don't, I didn't give my fiance an engagement. I mean, I proposed to her on Christmas, isn't so the ring she the got gift? Jesus Christ. That's what I thought. Like, why were you getting her an engagement? present you just spent your money on the ring that was yeah and if the present then if you spend money on the present too then it's like you should have spent more on the ring yeah she she would like a higher grade of diamond rather than a fur i'm sure yeah can i can i get a engagement present i feel like i'm owed a present now because (laughs) i gave a ring and all i've got in return was a bill yeah credit card statements but what happens is steve is furious and he literally takes his belt out of his pants to to tear the hide off this kid. I was like, go Steve. Get him. Steve, dog. Now, should we go as it, do you think people would care to hear if we would hit our kids or not? Or, you know, that's not even that interesting. How about, would you be willing to hit someone else's kids if they trashed something in your house while you were baby? Oh, hell no. I ain't uh, here's my else's here's, kid. No, I, I, that's, if I'm going to watch your kids, let's say Alex has a kid. Him and him and his wife have like a kid that's half lovely because it half looks like his wife, but then it's got a part of Alex in it, and you're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, and, and, and Alex is like, Jerry, I need you to watch my kid, and I'm like, dude, you're making bad decisions already. Don't don't keep going. But he's like, no, no, you have to. And I'm like, all right. I would ask him point blank, if your kid is bad, how do you want him handled? Grounded? Stand in a corner for five minutes? uh spanked uh Ooh, that sounds hot <laughs> okay we're not talking about kelly we're talking a little younger oh, oh okay you want me <laughs> to to make them watch i i don't know bbc what do you want me to do to punish them bbc dude you know what that means these days yeah geez jerry it's the british it's the british channel yeah sure it is <laughs> yeah just like steve went to the come and go motel and came a few times and left well, okay. yeah, you, you come in, you leave. But anyway, I'm going to ask that question. First of all, if I'm taking over your kids, I need to know what I'm allowed to do. They're, like How you can abuse them. Yeah, like Peggy handed him a list of rules, which was already shocking to me because I was like, she actually wrote out rules? Holy shit. But if I would expect that too. I need to know what they can and can't do. I don't care if they're allergic to peanut butter. I care if I can hit them. 
Oh, good. So you would be willing, if I said yes, you could slap him upside the head, if he spills something on the floor, you'll do it. Yeah, but not like, I'm not going to do it hard. Like, I don't even plan on doing it enough to make them cry. Because you more along want to instill the fear that it can be done than actually doing it. Yeah, you just walk in and say, your dad said I can hit you. <laughs> yeah, like, well, okay. <laughs> when My uncle had a wooden paddle that on mm. one side he wrote equalizer on and the other side he wrote out with like two exclamation points. Mm. And An they, all he had to do was pull out that paddle. And I was like, I'm sorry for whatever I did. I'm going to go uh, pray. I'm so sorry. Like it was the fear of it that scared me more than him actually using it. Cause that pain would go away. But knowing that I could get that pain again and I don't know when that was always more scary to me. Mm -hmm. So the anticipation of pain is, uh, more scary than the pain itself. Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, Alex, what about you though? Like would I hit the kid? Um, yeah. Yeah. I have no problem. Just like grabbing him, grabbing his arm and pulling him and whacking him on, on the ass or something. I don't See, that's my only thing is I don't want to hit him on the ass. I know it is kind of weird that I would do that, but Okay, I think we should stop talking about kids. Yeah, we're just getting so, digging ourselves deeper and deeper this episode, so fellas. I, <laughs> yeah. I am proud of Steve, though, and I love when Marcy's like, you're losing father points, and I'm like, yeah, but he's gaining Jerry points. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, so, well, Bud basically, rap, you know, the what he encapsulates here is that uh, you can't have nice things if you have kids. So yeah. just remember that, guys. Now, Kelly somehow convinces Marcy to have a few friends over, and that does not constitute a party. A few friends apparently is not a party. So, First of all, hold up. Let's look how Kelly played this. Okay, she asked if she can go out with friends, and Steve says no because your mom said if you were sick, you couldn't go. If you missed school, you couldn't go out. Now, so then she just bold-faced lies to Marcy saying, oh, well, Steve said I could have friends over if, um, if you said it cool. said to ask and, you. The old. <laughs> Steve's face lights up, but he doesn't say a thing. And I'm like, why aren't you saying anything? It bothers the hell out of me. And then Marcy comes over there and she's like, oh, you're going to make me out to be the bad guy? And once again, he doesn't go, I didn't say that. She's lying. Well, he, he acts like he got fooled and there's no way out of it. He's still the man of the house. You see, now me, I think you're completely right. Now I'm starting to see without where I was coming from. Steve is not a man at this point, and he should not be treated as such. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then Marcy Marcy folds because Marcy doesn't want to see like the bad guy because she wants to be the she friend. She got tricked. And she's like, go ahead and call a few people over. And then the doorbell rings. Kelly played them. She already invited her friends over. Oh, yeah, they were on their way. Yeah. It, oh, that, wait, who does that? Who does she learn that from? Uh, Peggy. Peggy does that. Peggy does that. Yeah, she does do that. She does that all the time. Yeah. Oh, we can't order food through a clown's head. She just got done saying, Al, can we go out to eat? He says, no, Peg, it costs a fortune, blah, blah. And then she finally convinces him, ah, what the hell? Okay, good. Cause, and all of a sudden the doorbell rings. Hey, let's go out to eat. So, yeah, that's totally like mother, like daughter. That's yeah. That's perfect. And, and the glad you pointed that out, in. Alex. Yeah, perfect. And the scene shows that, like, well, Steve constantly is trying to be a man in this episode, and he only succeeds once. And every other time, Marcy just slaps him down real quick because Marcy doesn't want to see the bad guy. She doesn't. But like, I would think that when Marcy and Steve had kids, they would be really strict parents. You got to be in by eight. You know, no right. going out on a school night, stuff like that. But they're just getting walked right over. Yeah, they, their kids would grow up to be sissy Marys. That's a fact because they wouldn't even be allowed to play sports. The, the, oh, no, I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like, sissy Mary, what are you talking about? And then I remembered when you said sports. And I'm telling you, your son is going to be a sissy Mary if you let that woman take away your sports. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was stupid. So Kelly's friends finally come over and. It is gold. I mean, this episode is gold already, but 
it starts off gold because before they even get there, they're entertaining the crap out of us by playing Izzy's closies on the way in. Yeah. I think this belongs to you. It's a part of his mailbox. Kelly goes, Well, if I can't have a party, can I at least have a couple of friends over? I don't see the harm in that. Do you, Steve? Yes, I do. Sure. Go ahead and call them. I already did. Uh, listen, I really like one of these guys. He's real nice. But don't make any sudden moves, okay? I guess I can dial 911 slowly. Hey. 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 Uh, this is Sean, Debbie, and Dweep. Dweep just got out. Human life means nothing to me. Marcy. It's nice to meet you. Just let me spread out some paper and we can all sit down. Like, just the way he's like, he didn't say it mean. He wasn't like, human life means nothing to me. He said it like he was strung out on a drug or something. Like, it was the most, like, nihilist way you can say anything. Yeah. Human life means nothing to me. And then Marcy yells freeze when Steve tries to leave, and Dweeb assumes the position. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's it's already gold. And let's point out that this is another landmark episode because they finally highlight the kids. I mean, we all, you know, I'll say this a lot. The show we all know and love, it is far different from this first season. And one of the reasons is if you notice, every time there's really any good or major plot points going on on this show, it's really just Alan Pegg or Steve and Marcy involved. The kids come in, drop in a few one-liners, they go out, you know, you're you're getting a little taste of them. And, oh, God, we should stop talking about kids. <laughs> uh, this is just not going well. Okay, wait, hold on. You get an idea of their personality... And they, you know, they come in and out of the show, but this is the first time um, that they're the central focus, and this becomes normal because after, I think it might happen during season two and on, but they are on the couch as a family, and everything revolves, and there are so many more perspectives and avenues to go through now that you've got four amazing personalities in just this house. Then you got the other two from a, uh, next door neighbors and stuff, and you know stuff like that. So, and by the way, I, I forgot which episode it is, but I did hear the words "next door neighbor." So when we talked earlier uh, a couple episodes ago about where they live across the street or next door, uh, I must have assumed right, and I think one of you guys did too, that they are next door to the Bundys, not across the street, because somebody said next door. We all we all agreed that they were next door. You you were talking about some show you watched where they said they were across the street. Right. But I just realized while you were talking about that and like in in talking about the kids in season one, I just realized something like the the intro actually shows you that because at the end of the intro, it is only Al and Peggy sitting on the couch. The kids come in, they get their dollar joke, and then they leave. Right. And it's just Al and Peggy, and that really does show how season one is now let me ask you guys this for somebody who hasn't watched uh future seasons does the intro always stay the same or does it change throughout seasons believe it or not they they just update it. it's the same thing like remember how we talked about the simpsons and jerry came up with that amazing thing about the couch gag like he pointed that out um and the simpsons have another one for every show they do and this show i believe right to the bitter end has the same exact couch gag that they either just recycle from previous seasons, but the kids grow up so much that they eventually, somebody must have said, all right, guys, we got to update this thing because it's kind of weird. So they like remake it? Yeah, they remake it, yep. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Because it would be weird if the kids was still young looking. (laughs) Yeah, wouldn't that be weird if you saw that, then all of a sudden it comes on and they're like five years older? Yeah. Yeah. We were so enthralled with our first, like, experiences of getting, like, more of the Bundy kids 
that like we have skipped over everything Al and Peg are doing at the hotel. Okay, so let's go back to them. Yeah, what are they doing while Kelly and Butter in Marcy and Steve's house? That's a testament to like how just interested we are in like other characters on the show that we've been ta- we've just been going and talking about them because it's so funny. But um, so Al is trying to get Peggy to the hotel as fast as they can. They as soon as they get in, he's like, "Peggy, get on the bed." Man, can you believe that traffic? Like, he's trying to go, and she's like, we have all night, which is weird because you would think she would be like, let's go. Yeah. Well, he does use that. He says, oh, well, the mood is fading. Yeah. She's like, yeah. oh, okay, okay, come on. So, yeah, you're half right there. She does, and it's a, they eventually work that in. Yeah, but it, it is so funny because I was actually kind of like, who do I give the point to here? Technically, Peg should get the point because she's having sex, but... Al is playing her this whole time so that he can watch the fight on Spectre Vision. Mm. And I almost want to give it to him because, like, he's only doing it this time. Because usually when we give these points away, it's because that person did something to get their way. Usually with Al, it's getting out of sex. And with Peggy, it's getting into sex. But in this one, they kind of, like, both of them won. Yeah, Peggy didn't do anything for this outcome you know yeah like uh, alex you're 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 a judge here what how do you feel about this oh man well i'll say that well al yes he got his way but he had to do the deed to get his way so uh al had to willingly lose this time so she still gets the point but he was uh he was more, uh, and listen, there are instances where Al says, hey, you want to go upstairs? You know, so it ain't like Al hasn't relinquished the point before. You know, it, it's all different scenarios, I suppose. But in the end, we know he doesn't want to have sex with her, but that's probably going to go down anyway if they go anywhere. But at least if they go here, he gets to watch his fight. So I think she still gets it. Okay. Okay. But no, you're right. You're right. At the end of the day, it's still right. Like ultimately, Peg always wants it. Al never wants to do it. If if we get to a point where Al is the one going after Peg for it, which believe it or not will happen, um, at that point, Peg still gets the point, uh, even though believe it or not, she doesn't want it when he wa- when he wants it. So that's. That's going to be an interesting uh, debate. Now listen, this is going to work out great for me, except for one thing. She's going to want some sex. <laughs> yeah, I hates. definitely think it's an interesting dynamic, and and it kind of gives the like because most of the time that takes the power away from the male that they like bow down to the female in order to get sex. But in this show, I think they wanted to make Al such a manly man that it's like she comes to him. Yeah, all the time. You know what I mean? That's man. This episode is has got us pondering a lot of things. <laughs> My score just went up for this episode, and I thought we were just going to talk about kids trashing a house. <laughs> oh my god! For real? Don't say the K word anymore, Alex. <laughs> right? Yeah, I gotta stay away. Even though we have to end the whole thing with it. <laughs> yeah. So Al does this. He gets to watch his fight. It's a nice moment. He's all into it, and she's you know. They have a nice moment in that in that sleazy motel, um, the Come and Go Motel. It's called. Back at uh, Return of the Living Dead Part Four at Marcy's house. Yeah. Do they all look like characters from Return of the Living Dead? Oh, they do. And how about Steve? It's, it's so the the look and the things they say are so jarring to Steve. The funniest part is when he when uh, they come in and I think he says that Steve turns and the cards like flap fly out of his hand. Yeah. Oh, oh, before we do get back into Stephen Marcy, we do have to say Peg comes back from shopping. Al's done watching the fight. They talk about missing the kids. They're going to go back home. They call Stephen Marcy, which Stephen Marcy is super happy about. But point to Al because she tries to initiate sex again and he says no. Well, they're here to watch this fight. He doesn't care. Yeah, exactly. So I just want to say point to Al. Yeah, you're right. Oh, okay. Point to Al. Yep. Oh, good. I missed that one. Good. I'm glad you said that. I, I, I just remembered it. Yeah, these kids are straight out of Return of the Living Dead. If anybody hasn't watched that movie, 
You have to. It's one of the greatest horror comedies of all time. It's the perfect blend of horror and comedy, and that does not come around often. So yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, Returning the, of the Living Dead, guys. You gotta look that up. And and it really like Dweeb reminds me of one of the guys in there, and in like even Sean is like, I'm gonna get a government job so he so I can sell so I can sell secrets, and I'm just like, man. I wonder if Snowden was a punker back in his day. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, you know? it It's really spot on, especially for the year, because Return of Living Dead just came out. So that was like 86, I think, and this is 87. So that's really cool that they're way in tune with what's going on. Dweeb is just great, and he, he's like crushing the beer can into his head. Alex, is this the first time we actually see any of like kelly's friends any of the guys she's actually with we haven't seen any yet have we yep no this is it this is the first one because you know throughout the show she's always talking about oh he wears a dog collar and i was always like original whenever i think because because of how i like attractive and blonde kelly is you almost think she would be with like the preppy football guys but no she's always with like the punk rockers and in the outcasts like that which yeah is it just makes it way funnier because it's like she's daddy's little girl but she's always going for like these punk rock guys well it's cooler that she's not her personality does not get consumed by her looks she doesn't you know she is who she is and just because she's it's almost like uh, a pretty boy who like uh who kind of uglies himself up with like a scraggly beard and not the greatest haircut and you know things and wears kind of different clothes it's like you you don't just because oh i guess i'm one of these kinds of people because i happen to be aesthetically pleasing you know you she doesn't change like whatever was inside of her it's it's not going to change because of oh well hey i could reach different statuses than than other punkers or whatever because i have this going for me you know so it's really cool that it really ground she's really grounded and it's cool that she gets to be, she gets to kind of be a hybrid of two different things. And it's both good, you know, because she enjoys who she is and she gets to look hot. So now she's got the best of both worlds, you know, instead of like faking or uh, conforming to something else that she can be a part of just because of what she was born with. So that's actually a pretty cool character uh, dynamic about her that I really love. Uh, you're right. And like, because she doesn't even dress extremely punk. Like, she a lot of times looks almost completely normal. Not, like, super, like... One of the whitest things I've ever seen is in this episode. And that's when Steve and Marcy do their happy dance. Oh, God. That was whiter than Kelly's hair. But, it, but like, it's interesting because Kelly could pass as completely normal, especially when she's hanging out with the punk rock kids, because she does not look extreme like they do. Right, yeah, they are like out of a catalog of what you should wear, you know, like a, a punk punker starter kit or something. Yeah, she is. She has an edge to her look. She's definitely not, you know, what, uh, what was she doesn't look like uh, the Cosbys or the Roseanne kids or nothing like that. You know, she definitely has a way edgier look. Yeah, but it's just it's not too edgy. Like that's the thing I like. Like she is right in the middle. Yeah, she walks that fine line. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's per. It's it's really cool. You know, things you don't. And that's why I'm glad we're doing this show because this show it probably gets very overlooked and people just see it, chuckle, and walk away and don't give it a second thought. But I think the reason it lasted 11 seasons and the reason that uh, it's worth talking about today and people still are buying the season one through 11 uh, DVD pack in Walmart right now is because these things we're talking about, you know, like you didn't notice it, but it was there and that's what got you into it. And you didn't even know it. Yeah. yeah like I, talking with y'all, I have dwelled into <laughs> so much philosophy and deep thinking has come out of this show than I ever expected <laughs> talking with y'all about this show. It, and it's crazy because it's even like, if you look at something, okay, let's look at the next scene we're about to go into. They're going to, Alan Peggy, you're going to come back, pick up the kids, blah, blah, blah. They're all happy. They do their happy dance. They have to see that we're not fit to care for the little demons. We're bored. Why can't we have a party? Because your mother specifically said no parties. That's right. She did. And if we were good babysitters, 
the kind people use again, we'd have to say no. Yes, of course you can have a party. Can you get one together in less than an hour? Sure. Oh, well, go for it. Uh, Marcy, tell me this is your plan. You're going to get them all together and blow them up, right? <laughs> no, this is better, Steve. Just as the party's starting, Al and Peggy will be here. And they'll see this wild party starring Dweep, and they'll know we're unfit. And they'll never ask us to care for their precious offspring again. Good news, Raven and the Bloody Ten are coming. Gee, they're tough. <laughs> All right. What would you guys say to this? Like, because I'm, I'm glad that it was Marcy who came up with this because uh, this is not an insult to women, but women make decisions more off of emotion and guys are more analytical. So her doing that is actually pretty fitting because mm-hmm. she's so mortified by this whole what's already happening. But he, how does he not go, are you serious? No. But here's the thing, though. Like, when I think about it, almost all the, like, really devious plans in this show almost have been coming from, like, Peggy. Like, really thought out devious plans that, like, you would not expect. And this is, like, a couple of times now that Marcy's came up with something. This is the first time that she's came up with a really devious plan. But it harkens back to me when she, like, flips out and starts talking about fish hooks and dog-eating people. Right. And I'm just, like, she has this, like, devious side to her that's, like, so pent up. Like, just like um, Steve has this pent up, uh, I used to be a man thing going on. (laughs) She's got this, like, pent up, like, devious anger thing that she's not, like, this perfect little uh, new age feminist. She got a dark side. Yeah. And so she comes up. With the plan, and Steve is kind of like, that'll never work. That is so stupid. But he's so desperate that when she's like, no, it will, because they'll go home in an hour, and it'll be fine. <laughs> Would you see any logical reason to go along with this idea? No, not a chance. <laughs> Wouldn't you just say, well, isn't it bad enough when they see these guys here? Yeah, or, yeah, I would say that, and then I would be like, you know, there's a million excuses in the world on why I can't watch kids on a certain night. Like, ah, we'll get, (laughs) we'll figure it out. Well, it turns out Al and Peg are not coming back. They, uh, (laughs) they're having too much of a good time, and it's whatever, and he goes, ah, what the hell? They said don't rush back, and so now this party's in high gear. The house is getting trashed. They... Apparently only have one tape in their boombox, which is, <laughs> I'm a fugitive. I only live to party. I wish I could get a copy of that song, man. <laughs> I want to find, I want to find, like, I wonder if it's a full cut or if they just made, like, one verse of one chorus, because that's all they would ever have to do. Right. Because they could just cut to something. <laughs> also, so how do y'all feel, would y'all go to the show of Raven and the Bloody Tin? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like those obscure bands like that. Yeah, I'd go. Yeah, and by the way, in in Al, we have I, I really like the joke Al makes when him and Peggy are right before they decide not to go back, and Peggy's like, "You look just like the day I married you," and he's like, "I know," and she's like, "Aren't you going to say it back?" And he goes, "Well, I bowl. You don't do anything." Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't do anything to stay. Yeah, because bowling is really going to make him look. I, I I don't think she was complimenting his body. <laughs> So, uh, I don't know where, what he's even, his logic is there. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hi, Dr. Shoe again. I've been telling you about my shoe line, nobody cares. So, let me mention something else here. 555 shoe also spells 555 rind, 555 pimp, and 555 Rigney. Remember, nobody knows as much about Rigney as Dr. Rigney. There's a new pet. Chia. Chia pet, the pottery that grows. They are very fast. Simple. Plug it in and insert the plug from just about anything. Simple. As we wrap this up, uh, have you guys ever thrown parties like that in your youth or have you ever gone to other house parties that were sort of similar to this absolutely i I used to throw i used to throw them uh we before i moved uh, out of floor when i was like 
20, I think. I was like 19 or 20. Me and my buddy and a couple other people, we rented this house. And it was like in the ghetto. We would throw parties there all the time. And they never got busted. It was great. Like, we had holes in our walls. Like, we... We didn't care because we were young and dumb and, like, we ended up being able to get out of the contract completely free just because our house got, like, kicked in and robbed. So the house was deemed unlivable because the doors were, like, kicked off their hinges. And so they were like, well, we can't really have you live here anymore. So we got out of it and we just told them, yeah, they wrecked our house, man. Look at this place. (laughs) But have y'all ever went to parties and actually, like, destroyed someone else's house or broken, like, on purpose? Not on accident, not, like, drunk, fell over, knocked over a vase. Yeah, I mean, I've been to places where people would get, like, really buck wild. And I even remember one dude pulled out somebody's bow and arrow and shot it across the room into the, like, wall. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, I never participated in, like, I, I would never intentionally damage somebody else's property i just feel like a huge asshole but i've been to places where people have just not had a total disregard for other people's places and property and stuff like that and it it always made my stomach sick even at that age yeah Yeah, me too it does you know me too so both you have thrown these and been to these parties i have too but the, the funny thing is you're gonna love this it mirrored married with children because my sister is the one who did this (laughs) <laughs> we had this thing where my mom worked at night for like my parents always had uh, their jobs were always kind of like moving around. They never, they never had uh, in our life that we remember like one job forever. They always kind of had different jobs. My dad eventually got a part-time job as a security guard in a store called Bradley's, which is very eighties. It doesn't even exist anymore. And <laughs> has not existed for like fifteen years or so. So he was a security guard there part-time, and my mom worked uh, somewhere else, I think a, as a bartender at night. And me and my sister, she was, uh, I'll say 16, she was almost exactly like Kelly's age, maybe a year or two older. I'll say it happened like four or five times. She had like 20 friends over this house, and it was exactly like this party at Stephen Marcy's. And this would happen all the time so i got to live that end of it and then i got to uh do this myself but i wasn't much of a partier in my younger years i i did all this this type of stuff um from like 19 and on so from like 19 to i don't know you know 24 maybe it's so funny if anyone listens to like alex's other show the skeleton crew it's so funny hearing about alex's early life because it seems like up until Alex was, like, 19 or 20, like, even the horror movies he watched were all, like, clean-cut universal monster movies. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he found, like, alcohol sleep and Jason and just and sleepaway <laughs> camp and be in, in Psycho 3 and was just, like, turned his whole, like, life into a completely different person. Yeah, it's really weird. It's, like... Your life was pretty much bud from married with children. Right. Up until, like, you got kicked out of your house. Right. And then it completely changed. It's what it seems like. It's weird. The year 2000 was the biggest turning point. I guess, was it the turn of the century or something? Is that what that is? You were affected by Y2K. Yeah, because once that all happened, my life actually completely just changed, too. I can't wait till we get your sister Jen on here and we get to interview her. Yeah, the real life Kelly Bundy. Uh, uh, yeah, the real life Kelly Bundy, and she can tell us how much of a, a dwarf and dweeb you were as a kid. Yep. I yeah, want to know how many times that when you said throwing all these parties, did y'all ever get caught throwing these parties by your parents? No, I don't think so. That's crazy. Yeah, never. Well, just don't ask her how many mannequins or blow up dolls I had in my bedroom. Wait, mannequins? What are you, are you maniac? What are you? All right, you guys. Doing? So we're gonna rate this episode. <laughs> Just oh, uh, so uh, they had uh, Alan Peggy had sex again. Point to Peggy at the very end, right? Yeah, yeah the very end. Point to Peggy. They don't show up. I'm a fugitive. I only live to party happens. Yeah. Let's keep I can't I love to sweat. Let's 
show them. Any minute now, they'll be pulling into their driveway. <laughs> you know, dear, they really are wrecking our home. I know. But Peggy and Al will be home any minute. I can't wait to see their faces. Yep. Any minute. <laughs> No Ma'am will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Just type in www.facebook.com slash groups slash Married with Children podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to channels and search up Married with Children podcast. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. There you can send them audio clips telling them what you think of the show, or you can send in a clip talking about a future episode they will be reviewing. Any clips you send may be played on a future show. Thanks for checking out this review. Now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode. Thank you very much, Jamie, for all that great information, guys. Listen to what she says every week. She gets on here just to say these things, so you really should check out all those, you know, websites and rate us on iTunes and all that good stuff, YouTube, all that. So please do that. Now it's time to rate this episode. All right, guys, so how many nights at the Come and Go Motel would you give this episode out of five? Five nights at the Come and Go Motel. How many would you rate this episode justin i like this episode quite a bit a little bit more than i thought i did once we started talking about it it was a little forgetful until we started talking about it i I had trouble remembering some things when we first went into it Uh, i i do like that we got to see a little bit more of the kids focus because i've been wondering if that was going to happen for a while because i find both of them pretty funny and and interesting and would like to see more of them so uh, i know that happens in in later episodes but uh i'm gonna go ahead and give it about a three out of five come and go motels three out of five so he liked it jerry how many come and go motel nights do you uh, give this one my original score was three out of five because i was just like nothing really happened it's funny but it's it's a passover episode but i actually kind of i like want to give it a four out of five just because of how much conversation it struck between us. Yeah, over an hour. For this episode that was almost like, like Justin said it, like this was a skippable episode, but look at all the conversation we had. So I'm going to bump it up to a four out of five. I will probably watch this episode again just to see if the topics we hit are are something that are worth noting for this episode. Yeah. Uh, I also give this... Four out of five nights at the Come and Go Motel because it's just uh, it's just perfect to me and it's so cool that it's in the first season. It establishes a lot. You get the kids. You get Steve and Marcy's house for the first time, so you get a change of scenery. Uh, Al and Peg go to a motel, so they get a change of scenery. Al and Peg really do love each other at, at the root of it all. You don't really see that too often. You saw it, obviously, 16 years and what do you get episode where they celebrated their 16th anniversary you get it again here you know uh, that was not the only time you're going to see that because when they share that little moment after al is watching the boxing match that was like really cool to see some adult time and closeness time i can't tell you enough how much i love all of kelly's friends and that whole atmosphere and just the whole tone of it like that is uh 80s party to me especially a small party and it just it just makes it better when it's the real party and they invite more people over so to me that's the kind of experiences like when i watch this i want to escape and i like sometimes when i watch a movie or something and they're having a party i feel like i'm at the party Mm -hmm. like that's kind of where i want to be you know it's very nostalgic it's very 80s 
and I was there at the time, you know, as a kid, and that is what I would, uh, that's what I'd be doing. So it's great to like relive that uh, in our own minds while we're watching this. So uh, really like it. I'd even maybe go 4.5, but for just for technicalities, because we always put it on Facebook, what we all rated it and see if people's ratings match up. I'll just say 4 out of 5. So we got two 4 out of 5s and one 3 out of 5. Guys, tune in next week. We're here every Friday. You remember that, guys. A new show every single Friday. We're over here. You hear that background music, man. We're in the nudie bar. That's what that is. That's where we do this show. I know you guys can only hear it, but it's uh, you should come down and have a great time with us in the nudie bar. It's called the Jiggly Room. And we're going to review Married with Children, Season 1, Episode 8, The Poker Game, on the next show, next Friday. And in this episode, one evening, Al takes Steve to watch a poker game with his poker-playing friends. Steve gets the feel of the game and sits in for one of the men, but he ends up losing his paycheck to Al. From then on, Steve tries to avoid Marcy to avoid telling the truth about losing their mortgage payment while Al plans to use his $300 winnings to buy a new fishing rod. Ugh, alright guys, it's a uh, last call, and they're not going to let me stay here again, so, uh, uh, Buddy Burger's like 24 hours, so I'm going to go get a burger there and, uh, take a nap. Oh, Buddy Burgers, Buddy Burgers, Buddy Burgers, made with love and lard! Why would you do this to me? I'm going to have to hear it enough there, and you're going to sing it to me? Oh, come oh, on, it's a God. great commercial. You're a great commercial. <laughs> Justin, what are you going to be doing? Uh, I got a date with uh, Candy over here. We're going to go check out the old uh, Come and Go Motel. Oh, wow. I've come and gone a few times. I hear they have Spectre Vision. They do. He's going to watch boxing. boxing. You'll watch nothing. Well, I'm the lucky one because Kelly just called and apparently she's allowed to have a few friends over. So see you guys. Wait, you want a 15-year-old calling you? Didn't we already have this conversation? Don't.